Hi, this is Melissa Wood Tepperberg, and this is the Move with Heart podcast. Are you ready? <laughs> Just breathe it all in. I want to talk. I can't lie. <laughs> I was like, it's going to be short, sweet, and very spicy. And we're going to get right into it because apparently some of you think I talk too much. <laughs> Daphne Oz is just the epitome of joy. When I look at Daphne, I just cannot help but smile. She's also one of my ultimate girl crushes. She just released her latest book, Eat Your Heart Out. She is just the most authentic with juggling it all. And she's so real and raw. And she shares so many great sound bites of wisdom. I know so many people are going to take away so many incredible things. Yay! Daphne Oz. I am so honored to have you here as my guest. And I feel so lucky because I got to see you yesterday for your book launch. Yay, yay, yay. I was so happy you were there. Honestly, it was just being there. We'll dive in about the book, Eat Your Heart Out, but just seeing how many women love you. I mean, when I think of you, I just, you exude this essence of joy that is so, it's like intoxicating. You just have this way about you that pulls so many people, they just gravitate towards you. And like being at your launch yesterday was just It was just so vividly clear just how loved you are and like how many women support you. And it's so beautiful to see. That's so nice. You know, it's funny. I obviously we haven't done a lot of events like that in New York for a while. And it was this moment. Some of the faces in that room I haven't gotten to see in literally three years. Babies have been born. New careers (laughs) have been launched. Like it was such a vivid and tactile reminder of how much my girl crew really matters to me. Our friends, our relationships really matter. They lift us up in the best of times and hard times. And it's just like, I felt that love so real. I like was walking on cloud nine and smiling the whole night because it just was, it was beautiful to see. It was also really nice to see the vibrancy come to life again. It felt like a really colorful, just joyful moment. And I, I'm so glad you were there. I'm so grateful you came. And it was such a I think like a celebration of pleasures in life that I think we're all hungry for, no pun intended. I think that there is a (laughs) real moment of like, how can I put little moments of fun and joy and pleasure into my everyday life? And I do it through food. That is my go-to, but we all look for them and find them in different little ways. And I think every woman in that room celebrates that and honors that, which is why it felt like this. It felt like a party and it wasn't a party. I mean, it was like, it was good. (laughs) It was was so good. good. It was so funny because I had to meet my husband after to go to like a school function for my son's school. Oh, so I was like, there were a lot of those actually. I'd spared a lot of people from like the beginning of the first grade cocktails. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was like, I can only, it has to be in and out. Like there's no way. I literally walked in and it was just like, this is actually what my soul needs is to just be here and be present and enjoy like the company of so many women I love. So I called my husband. I'm like, I'm going to be late. I'm not leaving. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you when I see you. Hold the phone. I'll see you when I see you. <laughs> so I was getting ready this morning and I was thinking about you and just thinking about all the things that I know about you and observed about you. And I just, I feel like 
what you just said about like finding the simple pleasures and like, you're so happy. You always seem so just like joyous and so grateful for like this beautiful life that you have. And for me, I always love to know a little bit about your background and like, did you have the most beautiful, like, I just think your parents did an amazing job with you because I'm just like, you're just so lovely. Like, oh, thank was you. you know, I mean, I look, I think a couple of things. First of all, I happen to live in a world surrounded in, in work and in life by lots of delicious food and lots of delicious <laughs> bites, which makes it pretty lovely and easy to be happy and well-fed. Well-fed is the foundation of all happiness. <laughs> and honestly, I, I also do think that it's a you know, it's an active choice. Like, you know, you mentioned how I grew up and like some of it was just by virtue of being in a huge family. I know, you know, you guys are similarly well endowed, <laughs> lots of, lots of family. Um, <laughs> you know, I, my mom is the oldest of six. I'm the oldest of four. We have just every dinner growing up. I feel like, especially at my parents, uh, my mom's parents' house was like 20 immediate family members. So it was always this very joyful wow. experience coming together at the end of the day. And I learned to love to cook at my mother's elbow, at my grandmother's elbow. It's where, look, we, we traded the news of the day and I learned my family's culture and our recipes and our special, just like idiosyncrasies that are really unique and foundational to that community of family. And and then you'd get to the dinner table and be like sharing food and everyone's loud. We're Irish, Italian, Turkish. Like there's so many deep rooted culinary traditions, but also just loud people. And, um, <laughs> and it's, it's jubilant and it's fun and there's arguing and there's love and there's everything that just feels very energizing to life and very meaningful to my life. And I think something I learned along the way there, both at that table and beyond in sort of like the culture of my family is to prioritize and protect your joy. And it's something, it's funny, I hadn't really thought about that as like a novel concept until I shared that I had been talking to my oldest daughter, Philomena. I think she was probably seven at the time. And I put on stories. She'd been having like a little tiff with a friend, which I think all seven-year-old girls do. And right. I was, you know, just advocating to her that she needed to protect her own joy and what that meant. And like, that sounds ridiculous to have a conversation with a seven-year-old maybe, but you start to learn that very early on. Like, where is my role here? Like, what can I actually do actively to right. prevent myself from feeling disappointed, hurt, upset, overly influenced by any negative experience that we receive that and we are really in control of how it affects us from there. So just talking about protecting your joy and prioritizing it. And for me, you know, finding ways to be creative in food and explore. Like I will travel to go to a farmer's market where there are ugly lemons that taste better than other lemons. Like I would love <laughs> to do that any day of the week. I will make a priority of going to a restaurant I'm dying to try and eating something that blows my mind. Every eating experience for me is an education and I prioritize and I love that. Time alone with my husband, time alone with my kids, things that really fill me up. I think I do make a concerted effort to find priority and presence for it. And I And look, I can't deny that that makes me much happier than I otherwise would be. So if it reads across, it means it's working, which is good. <laughs> it's definitely working. And you and my have girlfriends, obviously. You have four kids. Like I I'm remember drinking at 11.42 <laughs> in the morning. Just kidding. It's sparkling water. <laughs> I was like, oh, no judgment. Like, <laughs> I whatever know works I for you. You know, I love that there was no judgment, though. Just like if I had been that Listen, crazy. Which, do whatever you, know. <laughs> you need to do. I mean, I have two. And I'm like, I remember when I first met you, you had just had your fourth. 
Gosh, that's right. That's it was. I mean, we're talking. How old is your youngest? She'll be three in August. So it was. Yeah, it was twenty nineteen, okay. fall of twenty nineteen. Yes. Right, because the same age as my Eleanor. Yeah. And you were like, I would have another. And I just remember looking at you and I'm like, I mean, I don't know if you still feel that way. <laughs> yeah, you know, I. it's funny. We've been definitely like toying with that idea and seeing if it's something that could be in the cards. We have a puppy, which um, has, oh has definitely delayed the conversation. I didn't realize I never had my own dog growing up. I was always around lots of animals, but I wasn't really thinking a lot about what the responsibilities of those animals are. Puppies are like babies. Puppies are newborns yes. with teeth, like very sharp teeth, <laughs> like an instinct <laughs> to destroy. We skipped the like starter dog and went right for Rhodesian Ridgeback. So he is... Luca. He's our Luca Brownie Bruno Aww. Valentine. <laughs> Everyone in the family got to pick a name. And honestly, <laughs> he's the best dog. He's so sweet. His disposition is amazing, but he's going to be 120 pounds. As a puppy, he's already like 60 pounds. He's a major wow. counter surfer. So he like swipes along. He ate like a huge bundle <laughs> of heirloom tomatoes. I came home. It was and before I knew he could do this. Like he was still new to our family. And he, <laughs> I came home and I thought it was like a murder scene. There was my talking mushrooms pulled apart. So like brain matter and then like splattered heirloom tomatoes everywhere. Oh, it was so my. insane. It was so crazy. Thank God he was fine. And we learned our lesson about not to leave food on the countertops. But anyway, all to right. say about more babies. <laughs> I love being pregnant. I love the experience of just adding to our family. And I have to say, I think all parents of one child assume that every child from there will be the same. Or like, that's like your version of boy or girl. And then you obviously had a boy and then a girl. So you got to experience like, this is my boy. This is my girl. And I had the same thing. I had my daughter filming and then my son, John. And I was like, oh, this is what our girls are like. This is what our boys are like. And then we've added two more since then. And our children cannot be more different. They are so unique, unique in personalities, unique in dispositions, unique in the kind of parenting they need. I talk about being like, I was mom 1.0 with Philo, mom 2.0, mom 3.0, mom 4.0, because you, sh <laughs> you like shed these layers and you shed things that really concerned you or really made you crazy or really upset you the first time or the second time. Every time you prioritize and you preen and you like lean out the things that really matter. And honestly, you have to be a different parent to your kid. You know, each of them needs something different from you. So it is such an incredible experience. I'm like nervous about is waking up in 20 years and being like, oh, my only regret is not having more. But at the same time, I don't want to stretch myself so thin that the kids I have don't have the full version of me they deserve. So that's really what the battle that I'm waging in my mind right now. I am so there with you with that yeah. exact like assessment of like my life. And I mean, I will say most women that I know that have had more than two say like the third, like, because Eleanor is not the best sleep. And they're like the third is an angel. And I'm like, what if the third is, you know, I, I yes. mean, yes. no, it's, it is an interesting point because I think as like women to like have any feeling of like, that's it for you. Like you, no more. It's like, it feels so weird, even though I'm feeling so content in my life, just the thought of that with my age, you know, and like, you do have to look at things, but no, your love for your family, just like, really shines through. And I just, I love it. Thank you. I, I mean, look, that is foundational to me. It's definitely, I would say like the best gift I've ever gotten in my life was I think the confidence and the identity of 
just being a part of a big community, being a part of a big group in my family. And I want that so badly for my kids. But what I, one thing I will say to what you just said is the end of any phase has trepidation because it's like, this has defined me. This has been my thing. Like, being a mother of young children, having the pregnancy, et cetera, being part of that world that I'm in. I don't know. I'm really excited. I'm like really leaning into this concept of of life unlimited. That like I love all these roles we get to play as women. And I love the idea that look, you have 24 hours in the day. You do have to make choices and there are always trade-offs to those choices. But as long as you are leading with what is the choice that I'm going to make that's going to bring me the most joy? What is the thing that I'm going to do that is going to help me be of the most service or help me cultivate something I'm trying to create or help me create something lasting and meaningful? As long as you're leading with that, like the trade-offs are okay. I'm trying to put that in perspective as well with, you know, maybe there is a new phase. Maybe there is a next life of and we're not going to talk about like like reincarnation. I mean, in terms of like the next phase of your life. Phase of life, right. I look back on it and I'm like, I'm literally, I've lived three different lives for sure. Like You it's have, like, you really have. It's It's amazing. And think of all like, it's not baggage. Like think of all this like special treasures you bring with you from one phase into the next that is really informs where you are now and what you're able to offer now. It's incredible. Thank you. What do you do in the morning? What's your routine? How do you manage having four children, such a happy marriage that really shines through? And we'll get to your book, Eat Your Heart Out. You've written other books. You're on TV. You're just doing so many things. Like what keeps you grounded? Oh, what keeps me grounded? So, you know, I have like a funny experience right now where our family lives in Florida, but a lot of the professional on-camera work that I've been doing, and I'm in New York now for book tour, has been in New York. So I have been doing this crazy commute of back and forth to New York three days a week for the last couple months. And look, it's been a lot. It's been a lot to juggle. It's been a lot to maneuver around and try to keep my kids and my family, my husband feeling as stable as possible without me right. there a couple of days a week. And and look, it's a real gift then to go home to Florida and have it be like you're on vacation when you're home. Like nowhere makes me feel so just like relaxed and settled. And we're at the beach every night saying goodnight to the ocean and we're outside all the time. I mean, look, I think my perfect day would be waking up and you know getting some movement. And I think you are such an asset in this because you really promote, first of all, such like gentle but effective techniques, which I love. But also, you know, it's like get in what you can and the additive compounding effect of sometimes I have 10 minutes to do something quick mm -hmm. in the morning. Sometimes I'll get a longer one in. Coffee, definitely. Um, <laughs> but I do, I do find that like showing up for myself in that way with that quick burst of, you know, even just walking outside. Like I've started when I'm in Florida, I walk all my calls, which I love, like just getting more movement in the day wow. and moving your blood around and like reinvigorating yourself and getting that energy and that chi moving again. But it's also yeah. like, interestingly, I forget where I saw this, but that sort of dopamine, serotonin release, those happy hormones that we talk about and happy chemicals in the brain, they are increased when you set goals, any goals, small or large, and achieve them. So setting a small goal for myself, like get your 10 minute workout in the morning and actually following through, not only does it make my whole day feel more effective and productive and like energized, I genuinely feel like, you know, I got something done. And then yes. that, like you carry that with you through the day, which is amazing. But all to say, I feel like life is cycles. I have a funny career where there are periods where I'm flat out and totally insane at like the last couple of months have been. And then there, this summer, I'm really like dialing it back. It's going to be much more, I say that now, but this is sort of, you know, where I'm thinking it, but you get that balance back. 
I feel really lucky and really fortunate to get to do something that I love. So I do want to run at the professional opportunities that present themselves to me. And I have gotten much better in my advanced age. I've gotten much better at saying no, which is so hard. I was so just hard. going to say that. Yeah. When you're young and you're hungry and you're like wanting to do cool things, you say yes to a lot of things that it's funny. Opportunity is not strategy. And so you say mm. yes to a lot of things that you think are going to lead places. And, and maybe you know, you have to say yes to more than just a few things because you do want to keep yourself ready and ripe and like energized and educated about a number of things that could present and could develop into opportunities. But I will say that saying yes to too many things sometimes made me like I was so strapped for time. I couldn't do things that would have been much more beneficial or much more effective. Right. And also you get drained by those things. This is another thing I've been thinking yes. a lot about which is we have a tendency to think we need to be good at everything or that like aspiring to be good at everything is very virtuous where I actually think leaning into what you're naturally inclined to do and trying to be the best at that as opposed to being like pretty good at a bunch of things, it brings you so much more joy. Even the work is fun because you're working towards something you genuinely love and are suited to do. The likelihood that you will become very accomplished in something you are naturally inclined to do is much higher than the fact that then like, you know, that I would suddenly become a great home organizer, which I will never be, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know? And I think that has helped me really try to like whittle down on taking on things that like are nice to haves or I could do or whatever that ultimately would take me away from things that matter too much to miss. Oh, so good. Literally the wisdom we all need to hear. And even myself, I'm right in that place right now. I think getting so clear with your nose is almost more important than your yeses. You know, it's like if you don't feel that strong, like, yes. And if I start to like hesitate, I'm like, it has to be a no. I just have to lean into it with confidence and like unapologetically decline. And it's so hard to do, but I think doing it with grace and people understand. Uh, yeah, well, they you're humans, like, <laughs> and if they don't, it really wasn't the right thing to say yes to. Right. <laughs> you know, I think that's funny because we all do this thing where, like, we look at other people's lives or whatever through the lens of filters and and social, and some part of you like suspends reality and forgets that everyone has the same twenty four hours, like. No one is doing it all. They're doing what they're doing in that moment. And then they move on and they do something else. And then they do something else. And it's to give yourself that license to like, I have 24 hours, here's how I'm gonna spend them. Cause you don't get a redo. My die hard love for this product is so real. You guys have heard me rave about Array bloat supplement for a really long time and nothing has changed because I'm just so obsessed with this product. And the reason is because it works. It is so clean. The ingredients are minimal. It literally consists of bromelain, ginger root, lemon balm, dandelion root, peppermint, slippery elm. And I will tell you that this little concoction is the formula to get things moving, if you know what I mean. The Array Bloat Supplement helps to optimize digestion, ease that uncomfortable bloated feeling, and it really just speeds up the breakdown of all the things that we're consuming. 
And I just have to say, it is also, it's vegan, non-GMO, gluten-free, filler-free, nut-free, everything-free, you guys. And it works, like really, really works. I take anywhere from two to three whenever I'm feeling uncomfortable. In the evening, after a meal, I have it with a little bit of tea before bed and it works like magic. You wake up in the morning and you feel like a different person. The code for a discount is Move With Heart. That's no spaces. And this can be used on array.com. That's A R R A E.com at the checkout for 15% off or for 25% off the first month of subscription. I can't say it enough. I know I've said it a lot but I'm absolutely in love with this product. And the truth is, it's because it's effective and it works wonders. Don't trust me, definitely try it on for yourself and experience some real movement, if you know what I'm saying. How do you write, like, what is the process? You guys, eat your heart (laughs) out is, so it's just, the photos, I love it. It's just so, ah, there's everything about it. Stunning and just so you. You're so authentically you. You're just so confident with who you are. And it's it's so powerful and inspiring. Walk me through the process behind creating and writing a book, please, God. (laughs) This is all fun, no fuss cookbook, you guys, eating clean. And Daphne is just a queen in the kitchen. Well, thank you. I'm excited to dive in. It's eat your heart out. It's all fun, no fuss food to celebrate eating clean, which I think is like something we're all really into right now, especially, but have a tricky time doing because some of the ways that we're advertised to do it feel just like another job. They feel like work. They feel bland and tasteless and not delicious and restrictive, which is yeah. all all things I don't do. But before we get to that, I did want to just say something about confidence and like knowing yourself and living fully in your skin, because I think it's valuable to hear from anyone who didn't always have that at their fingertips. And I was a super shy kid. I was also an overweight kid in a family full of health nuts, which people are always sort of like surprised to think about knowing that I ate dinner with surgeons and health experts. And it's funny because intrinsically, we all know that information doesn't always drive change. It is about emotion. It's like, how do I make this information part of my life? How do I make it work for me? And I will say that going through the experience of losing weight in college and I wrote a book called The Dorm Room Diet and I went on book tour and I had to right? There was The Dorm Room Diet and then there's The Dorm Room Diet Planner. But The Dorm Room Diet was just like a documented all the tips and tricks that I used in college, navigating these particular quote unquote danger zones of college life, late night eating, studying, stress eating, eating at the dining hall, things of that nature, and eating under confines of time, money, budget, culinary skills, et cetera. And I really like shared authentically from my own experience of how do I keep the wonderful experience of college that I crave front and center and still lose this weight that I was carrying around that I felt was holding me back from energy and vitality that I wanted in my life. And it really resonated with people because it was it was authentic, it was truthful and personal to me. And it was also unique to the time period of being in college, which are the students I was talking to were other college students who really were able to apply that information. And it was funny, the reason I say this is like, as a shy kid, the idea of speaking to like a panhellenic society about weight loss is the worst thing imaginable. Doing that book tour really got me over 
nervousness and self-consciousness in a really important way because it showed me that when we are vulnerable, and this is something you do so beautifully, when we are vulnerable, when we invite people to know our deep selves, they so appreciate you. They're like, thank you for showing me a path forward or something I can try in my life. Thank you for opening my eyes to something I hadn't thought was doable in my, in my own life. And we connect on such a human level. Like that was my first sort of stripping down of self-consciousness and, you know, just feeling like vulnerability was a problem, not an asset. I think that my whole life has sort of been one thing after the next of sharing openly about some of the things I am a private person also, and I have my things that like I'm still working through. And I also have a lot that I share about. And I think that it's really always so rewarding to hear from people who are able to take pieces of that and make it beneficial in their own lives and see results and have something fun and beautiful and delicious to hold on to, which I love. Eat your heart out. Okay. So <laughs> I, I had to write this book. I had to write this book because I am an and not or person, as I said last night. I, I love really, when you say this. I really, I, I am too. I've decided. Yes. Yes, you are in your Python blazer. You are definitely an and not or person. And to that end, I do want wellness and pleasure in every bite. And I did feel like for people who love to eat, there needed to be a reset. Because if you love to eat, the opportunity to indulge and the opportunity to have just constant indulgence take over from any sort of healthful balance is really a present and, and possible. So I wanted to give us ways to look, find that reset, get back to healthy eating, break any dependencies we were feeling. For me in particular, those dependencies creep up on gluten and on refined sugar because they're mm -hmm. so readily available. They're so delicious. They are so addictive. And so this book is 150 recipes free from gluten, free from refined sugar that I still want you to eat your heart out from. And what I mean by that is they have to be delicious. Like if you're remembering you're eating these foods because they're healthy, I have not done my job. I want you to totally forget <laughs> that that was the agenda and they are just delicious foods. And this reset is something I've done. It's five days on, two days off. And it's something that I've done for months on end postpartum or for a week or two after the holidays or lots of stress or celebration eating when I just like need to get back to center, need to get back to conscious choice making, need to remind myself of the abundance of really nourishing foods that I still love. And that is why I had to write Eat Your Heart Out. I'm asking you a lot of these questions. I mean, selfishly, but also for anyone who knows that they're called to write a book because yes. I do feel that, but I'm like, how, where do you start? Like, <laughs> do you start a notepad? Do you start with voice notes? Well, cookbooks are interesting and, and it's an interesting process because like I said, every bite for me is education and I'll like remember trips and things that I ate certain places that were so simple and yet so memorable. And I feel like, I always start with the recipes. And then once the recipes, I wanted these to be craveably clean. I wanted them to be practical enough. You'd go back to them over and over again. So it really took time to cultivate and cull through them and make them as simple as they could be while still making sure that they guaranteed the flavor sensation and the memorable meal that I want you to have. And there's so much testing that goes into these recipes. Because again, people are making them in their home kitchen. They're not always exactly precisely calibrated the way everyone would be doing it in the same oven kind of thing. So they, they, take a long time to develop. And then I always write my introduction last. And that's because I, like I, that. I tend to write really long introductions because I'm a, clearly someone who likes to be verbose. <laughs> I, <laughs> but I, 
because I want to give context and color to like why these recipes, why this path, why these choices that I'm making, why do they work for me and why do I think they're going to work for you? Why do you deserve this? Like the back mm. of the book, I literally put taking good care of ourselves should always be delicious because that is truly how I feel. And I, I felt like in this photo, I know with the Jeege monster, this is my baby. She'll be three in August, which I can't get over, but she's a little hand bone. And we, you know, I think we get sold like a bill of goods sometimes about how hard taking good care of ourselves has to be like, and we're very uh, all or nothing, you know, yes. we're, we're very black and white. Like if you do anything indulgent, you're therefore not healthy. If you do anything a little bit, like add a little bit of, I use date syrup in the book at a little, because I did, I wanted there to still be, first of all, I want to be full at the end of my meals. I don't want to be hungry. Yes. <laughs> you know, and I, and I want the flavor sensations of what I need and what I came to have, but I need to do it in a lighter way. And I think Finding that balance of making sure that you're not throwing everything out, trying to be as good, quote unquote, as possible, because the ultimate truth is like your brain is your biggest ally or your worst foe when it comes to making any positive change in your life. That's why the two days off are so critical. Anybody can do anything five days out of the week and you take two days off to really go out to dinner with girlfriends and get dessert, take content. the kids for ice cream, like live fully and, and relish these moments. And then it actually fuels your resolve to eat well those five days on and never feel like you're giving anything up, like keeping your brain on board kind of point. You can't feel deprived and you can't feel like food is taboo or that food has power over you in a negative way. And so that's how I find that balance of, of always feeling well-nourished, well-fed, and well-pleased in deliciousness. Oh, I love your perspective. I mean, I couldn't agree more. And it just, it makes me so happy, like, seeing people in this, leaders in the space just sharing this, sharing this information, because this is what people need to fill themselves up with. Like, we're not here to deprive, to live in and indulge in things you love while still, like, living a healthy life is, like, that's what we all want to do. And I do believe it doesn't have to be that hard as well. So to hear you say that, just like, it's like music to my freaking ears. And wouldn't you rather also do it on your time? Like, wouldn't you rather yes. have your life feel abundant and delicious and amazing and have whatever goals you have for yourself happen on your timeline, as opposed to feeling like really, I feel small and like restrict. Anytime I restrict, I feel like a diminished version of myself and not, not like I'm living fully. So I know we're on the same wavelength on that. Okay. Just some quick, fun, rapid fires. What gets you out of bed in the morning? Oh, I'm sorry. There is never going to be a time when that like morning cup of coffee is not the best smell <laughs> on the planet. Yes. That thing I just like can't wait for. And yeah, I can't wait for my morning kisses. I kiss all my kids. I kiss my husband. I like, that's my morning jam. I love that. I'm coffee is is my thing. Right, the smell, like uh, as it's brewing, that like noise of the espresso shot coming uh, down. It's like, I, oh, this is heaven. It's just my <laughs> happiness. It makes me so happy. What motivates you when you're feeling down? Oh, focusing on the things that I feel like I've done well in the past, things that I've succeeded in, reminding myself of those positive moments. It's so easy to see what we're not doing well, what we're not good at, what we're not thriving in, but trying to shift the focus to the things that I can factually point to and say, this was good. This is where you succeeded. This is how you succeeded. This is the path to take. And then putting on mascara and lipstick. <laughs> Maybe some eyeliner. <laughs> I watched your recent beauty tutorial. You're just so you. That's what I love about you. You are so you when you 
walk into a room or you see you on the screen, you translate exactly as you are. And that's what I like. I'm so drawn to that because it's, it's unfortunately rare with a lot of people. So you're a breath of fresh air. Okay. A few more. What's your end all be all self-care ritual? Bath time. I love a bath. Like love, like I would soak every day. I probably take a bath maybe once a month, but it would be my, like an Epsom salt, jasmine scented bath oil situation with Um, like a great podcast playing or sometimes when I'm feeling really ridiculously indulgent I'll put Netflix on and I I have like a huge jug of ice water because I overheat but then I also like you know have a little sip something to sip on like it's just there's nothing more fabulous than a glorious bath (laughs) I love a bath what's your cult favorite beauty product Oh, I don't know if it's a cult favorite, but I will say that I'm a big matte lipstick fan. It should be a cult favorite, but I shudder to even mention it because if it sells out, I will be devastated. Um, <laughs> we don't have to. <laughs> I, know, I, like, I can't tell you what it is. No, I'll tell you what. It's these bite lipsticks. I think they're called super matte. And the shade that I wear, I love chai, which is like a little bit richer, sort of like berry plus Merlot kind of look. But then I just discovered sugar buns, which is what I'm wearing right now, which is I was like a just going pinker. to ask you. I love the lip. The lip is strong. Such a good color. And lastly, because the podcast is called Move With Heart, what does it mean to you to move with your heart? It means to not question your choices, to trust that there is instinct and what feels good in your gut and what you're drawn to and run to where it's warm and lead with your heart. Oh, it always shines through. Beautiful answer. I literally just had like a wave of chills. You are just such a bright light. Uh, (laughs) Your wisdom, everything. I adore you. I thank you for your time because I know it's so precious and I'm just so happy for you. Tell us where everyone can find you, find the book, all the things. Eat Your Heart Out is available wherever books are sold and you can (laughs) learn all about it at DaphneOz.com and please come play with me on social media. I am having a ball on TikTok right now and on Instagram (laughs) and everywhere you can find us. It's Daphne Oz. Yes. Yes. Daphne, thank you. I send you so much love and success and just happiness and all of the things. Thank you, Melissa. You too. I'm so happy you're doing this podcast. I cannot wait to be an avid listener. I love you. Thank you. I really hope you enjoyed that episode. You can follow me on Instagram at Melissa Wood Health. And if you are new to me, you can sign up for the MWH seven day free trial with access to over 300 plus categorized workouts and guided meditations, all available on melissawoodhealth.com. Hold up. 